Hey, welcome to Anarchy to Diapers. Today's episode is with Brian Kish. He's the drummer to the band Tin Can Collective. He recently joined the band Black Yoko, which he also plays drums in. And he also has his own solo project called Brian Kish's Lounge Pants. I really enjoyed my conversation with Brian. We spoke about creativity, about a little bit about the Rockaway scene, and um, his approach to music. So here we go. Anarchy to diapers, bitches! When all the money runs out, the mighty dollar implodes, the future's in doubt, when the past is sold. Your data, it's got a hold on me, but I'm sure data. It's not all it's cracked up to be And now we owe another trillion So you just came from practice? Yeah, so I, so I, about a month, a month and a half ago I joined this band Black Yoko okay. They were on another podcast that I was on uh, like maybe a year ago They were like the guests in the episode after me I believe Or maybe two episodes after or something And um just like based on their influences and stuff, they sounded really cool. And then I played a, or I went to or played a show at AB Studios, which is like the main like place in like DIY punk venue spot in Rockaway. And then um, somebody mentioned that they were looking for a drummer, and they were just putting out a new album. So uh, I joined, and I don't know, they just sound really cool. And like the more I play with them, like even today, like. The more I'm just like, yes, <laughs> it's it's just a fun band to play in because they really go, you know, they go all the way. They give it their all, and it's you know, it's just noisy and energetic and and fun and stuff. And it's got like a slint, unwound Sonic Youth, definitely like '90s rock, Nirvana, gr- grungy, sludgy kind of thing going on, um, which is kind of just fun to play drums in and contribute whatever it is I got. But, um, I don't know. I kind of just joined. I wasn't really thinking of like what the, how long I would be playing in the band or any of that stuff. But, um, it's just kind of like fun to do for right now. Okay. You know? So you're vibing with these guys. They just dropped a new album. You figure like now's a good time to jump on board and, you know, this is like your opportunity to get in. It's a good time to jump in, I guess. Although it kind of stinks because this is like the longest possible time until I'm going to be on a recording. And like, it's also a little, it, it just is what it is when you're joining a band that just put out something else, something that you're not on. And then you kind of have to still like, I guess promote it or just be behind it, even though like it doesn't necessarily like represent you or like you didn't really contribute anything to it. So it's kind of a little weird. It's the same thing when I joined, I joined Tin Can Collective because they just needed somebody to like tour as a drummer with them. And they also had a new album. Okay. And, like, now that we just put out a new Tin Can album, that took, like, almost four years from that point of, like, which I joined to, like, have a recording that I'm on, you know? Oh, wow. I didn't realize it took that long. I'm sure, like, COVID kind of, like, um, stalled it a bit and, you know, all that and stuff. But um, I guess it's also a testament to, like, I just kind of like the music, so... um, and luckily, I've found that uh, 
like my drumming style is like I kind of believe if you join a band or if you're recruiting people for a band that whatever sensibilities you're bringing to the band are like kind of what comes with you when you're chosen to be in that position so like I'm more into what kind of like personality somebody can bring to a band as opposed to like delegating what everybody should play and I try to be more open to like ideas that they can bring to it and like that's also just kind of like the style of like my drumming anyway so like you're either kind of into that idea or not and I'm kind of playing with this like in the moment um sort of style and inspiration so some people like that some people don't but I, I guess in like these two particular bands uh they're able to like accept that uh point of view or you know the way I'm coming at it and uh you know, it seems to work yeah no I understand that because I tried to do something where like I'd get my friends together and try and do something where you draw for five minutes and then pass the paper to the left so this way everyone like has a contribution to the drawing and you may create something that you normally wouldn't do yeah have you ever done the thing where or there's like some variation of that where you like fold a paper in several pieces and then keep passing it around and by the end you sort of like fold it out oh cool no yeah that's yeah it's like one of those kind of things yeah and that that's also kind of like um sort of gets into what's fun for me sometimes is creating something if there are restrictions put in place you know what i mean like if you have to stick to some kind of like formula sometimes like a certain type of creativity will come out of that scenario as opposed to just having like free reign and you have to kind of like keep it within certain guidelines for instance um there's this reoccurring thing that's actually just coming back in a couple days called one in one and it's this like monthly live thing at a bar where you get like three or four people together and they all take turns and do two songs at a time and one's an original and one's a cover but the cover is all coming from the same subject matter so it might be like 90s rock or disco or black sabbath or the beatles or the white album or something and uh it's just fun to like have to learn a cover in like kind of a short amount of time and like sort of put your own spin on it you know you always try to like do a cover but not do it exactly like the original like that's just a fun fun thing to experiment with no i understand that because um i started doing stuff like one month at a one month i would do flowers and i would just build on my skills for flowers you know but uh it always revolved around tattooing so it was doing it to get better tattooing so maybe some more influences would have been better yeah and you may have also just answered this, but I've, but what is like that sort of, and it comes more from like illustrators and artists. A lot of them have like what you were just describing, like, okay, for a month I'm going to like draw flowers and then for a month I'm going to do like draw something gothic and then the next month I'm going to use this kind of color. Like uh, for, for you at least, where does that, uh, how do you decide on something to do for a month and like maybe why do you, um, choose to like have maybe like a series of works as opposed to like one work and then another work. For me, I'm I'm self-taught, so it started with a tattoo artist that I used to follow, and he put out a book series 
where he took all his drawings for a year, but each month he took one subject. And I thought that was a terrific idea for me to like start homing in on my skills and uh you know, I like traditional stuff, so I start off with like traditional hearts, things that were easy for me, and I'd spice them up and, you know, punk them out or whatever. And then I started working on the things that I was having trouble with so I could get better after I was confident, you know. You certainly can never be afraid to, like, suck at something for a while, you know. I don't know. That For, for me, that sometimes is, like, the intrigue. I've also, like, kind of always had this uh, this thing of, musically speaking anyway like almost like knowing too much of how to play an instrument or like knowing the music theory aspect of it can kind of sometimes take away from the intrigue or the creativity or in itself can be its own like have its own constricting nature as opposed to like you're not entirely sure of everything that's going to happen so you take more chances but then that in itself is more limiting because then there's maybe like ways that you want to express yourself that you maybe can't fully because you don't know the theory, yeah. you know? So I've always kind of like juggled with that theory. Like I try to get better, but at the same time, it's not like I'm like studying how to play the piano busier yeah and more like <laughs> dates and times that i put on myself the more i've been productive because normally like when i have days off or something i'm just like i don't know what to do so i'll do nothing and it just feels like a waste and uh now that i've kind of like put myself against the wall here and I'm now i'm in like three bands and working two jobs and i'm gonna start another semester of school soon i'm kind of just i don't know <laughs> i'm trying to I'm trying to bring out the best of myself but uh you know it's also kind of burning the candle at both ends, so there will be times where I barely sleep, don't sleep at all, that kind of thing. Yeah, well, that's my biggest problem is I'm always burning the candle at both ends. I have my hands in like a million different things, uh, family, work, union, podcasting, music, art, and, uh, you know, you just burn yourself out, and uh, this is a cycle you get caught up in often, so I've been slowly, um, as I'm getting older... I'm learning to slow down a little bit. Maybe I'm not as aggressive as I want to be in life, but, uh, you know, as long as I keep moving forward, I'll be all right. Yeah. And I guess it depends on what we're talking about because there's, a, like, the creative stuff that I do. Like, I have no realistic intention of, like, making that a living, at least not right now, or, like, in the the capacity it is, like, joining these bands and stuff. It's really just kind of, like, for fun. Mm -hmm. and, and, like, joining Tin Can Collective for tour, it was just, like, I had never toured before that so it was just like finally <laughs> i can get in a van and sleep on floors and do all that fun stuff and like never done this before and you know for sure the first tour was like really exciting and something new and um i'll continue to tour but it was 
really that reason and no other to like initially join that band and i've just so happened to like stuck stick around for years just because like the music's cool and once you start playing with people for a long time you start to get tighter and you know it becomes a, a certain thing as opposed to being like a temporary member or you know whatever um so you get invested in it i guess but it's also just like yeah i it's it's realistic to take breaks and stuff and you want to like still be inspired and you don't want to like, I guess, compromise the fun aspect of it. Uh-huh. And that's even maybe why I prefer to just like not even get money involved really and stuff like that. Or like be like, I should be more worried about having a good set than like, Oh man, these people didn't come to the show. They said they were going to come out. Now I'm out this money or whatever. You know, like I, I just don't want to worry about that kind of stuff. No, absolutely. I mean, I worked in a tattoo studio for a couple of years and, uh, you know, um, it was how I was paying my bills, my rent. Um, you know, maybe it was the shop that I was in. Maybe I wasn't ready for a shop, but the pressure was too much for me. You know, I, it was no longer fun. I was miserable more often than not. Um, you know, a lot of probably had to do with the environment I was in, but, you know, it, it it was too much for me. I wasn't happy, and I ended up uh, leaving the shop. Yeah, and, um, yeah. And it would have been different if you were like um, freelance doing it yourself, you're like your own business or something like that. That's a different thing entirely, too. Yeah, which I did do for many years. I was a scratch artist, uh, you know, working out of my home. I had, um, you know, a two bedroom apartment, and you know, one room was where I lived, and the other room was my tattoo studio. But once I had a family, then I had to stop. Having needles around, not a great idea, maybe? or Nah, not so much. It's more like, you know, I was certified by the Board of Health. I had sterilizers, I had all that shit. But also, once you get certified by the Board of Health, you're very aware of the situation that uh, they want you to tattoo in a storefront, period. And then, you know, that falls into shit like endangerment, the welfare of a minor. And, like... I can't fucking be losing my kids because I'm tattooing out of my house. And again, maybe it's time for me to explore different art forms, you know? Yeah. You know? Maybe, um, I mean, you could do like, uh, what's it called? Uh, airbrushing? Like airbrush t-shirts and stuff? That would be like cool. Make some like DIY shirts. I wish I pursued that more because like I really respect artists and people who can draw, especially to have the patience for that really detailed stuff. The closest I've come to that is, like, I think it's fun to make collages. But the kinds that I make, like, they just take so long that I just rarely do it. But it is really fun to make. But, um, like, it takes real patience and, and like, discipline to do that kind of stuff. No, definitely. And uh, this is why I say I find you uh, inspiring is because uh, I like doing collages and I've gotten to the point where like i have ideas and i've been cutting them out and then like i talk myself out of it and i'm like this is cheesy like and i stopped it, and i stopped doing it and you then, gotta like, stop I... listening to that voice that's like well that's ridiculous why would i do that and the, the answer is why not or like it's so much better to just write down an idea try it and then it's like that's stupid than to just write it off before you even give it a chance. And especially, like, if you're collaborating with people, if there's a person who keeps saying, no, no, let's not do that, let's not do that, you shouldn't work with them. And the best way, even if you disagree with an idea and you're confident that it's not right for something, 
let them try it and it should fail or they should realize that it's not going to work and you'll be fine, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's there's been times where, like, I'm in a band and, like, I think something works and initially other people in the band don't think so and then, when, but they give you a chance to try it and then it ends up being really cool, you know? Um, so never listen to that voice that's saying like why why would I do that like I've tried to kind of live by that philosophy more and more there's definitely times where I was like man that's stupid or like oh it's kind of been done in this way Part of the discipline is just to be consistent. I'm not really the best example of that, though, because I feel like I'm, I continue to make things over time, but um, I won't necessarily work on one project all the time, you know? Because, like, for instance, like, I like to make movie reviews. I've been ma- technically making them since, like, 2012, but in total there's, like, 80-something reviews now because I'm not doing it, like, all the time. Mm-hmm. And each one, like, is kind of based on if I'm inspired to talk about a movie that I watched or something. And then I found that, like, and if I get into a groove or, like, in a short amount of time, I've made three or four videos, then it starts to turn into, like, now I'm, like, in my own head too much or too pragmatic watching a movie and, like, almost looking for things to talk about or criticize as opposed to just, like, taking it as it comes. So, I mean, that's true of, like especially um diff- working on different styles of music at once like i like to play in a band and play rock songs and then i also really like improvised like noisy drone stuff because they're polar opposites and you're tapping into different like parts of your brain or parts of creativity when you're making both and you kind of need the yin and the yang or at least i do for it to remain interesting mm-hmm. yeah no i understand that um like, as you can see, like, I listen to a lot of different music, you know, whatever. Um, but I, I... Annie DeFranco and Crass, I saw both of them. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Your, uh, so collection it, there. It's like one of those weird things. It's like, uh, so the name of the podcast is Anarchy to Diapers, and obviously... Anarchy to Diapers! <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's like I feel like sometimes, like, does this mean I only play punk music? And sometimes yeah. I got to kind of break out of that and just, like... Hey, I'm gonna do an industrial mix. Like this inspired Ooh. me, which I should probably do more. Cool. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there's certain um, just like sounds that I would say are my favorites, and one of them for sure is like that classic, like late '70s, early '80s industrial, like when it was really new. In itself, like I mean, you could definitely make the argument that that was like a continuation of punk. Like punk could arguably already start to get too stale or like predictable or and like that's the even more uncompromising and actually like getting under people's skin and actually annoying people <laughs> which is like you know half the point i guess at yeah. least initially i always say it's like uh re- it's a different form of rebellion it still has yeah. that rebellious attitude but it's a little bit yeah. more like uh sex in your face and anti-religion a lot of industrial 
Yeah. It still shares the same just thing. Serial killer crap or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But and it still shares like the same ideas with punk. Just it's just yeah. put out in a different way. Yeah. And like of course, like, as I'm sure you know, like punk can easily just get boxed in as like singer, drummer, bassist and guitarist and D beat, whatever, and that's what punk is supposed to sound like, but like I mean, it would go against the entire ethos to then be like, but this is not punk because it doesn't follow this formula. You know, that would be like missing the point in my opinion. Yeah. So, I mean, for sure, like that industrial stuff is punk in its way. And, you know, punk existed before and after the title punk, you know, so you can play whatever. I give you permission to play whatever you want on your podcast. Dan. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Now yes. it can be told. Yeah, <laughs> I will take that restriction off your computer now. Well, yeah, no, because it's funny that you say that. Because it's like I always think, like, you know, uh, like you said, people box punk, yeah. and it's like they're okay with the Ramones and they're okay with Blondie, which like they're like kind of like two different genres as far as I go. But yeah. They're yeah. still punk, so how is that that okay? But then when someone plays something like Blondie-ish nowadays, it's like, oh, they're not really punk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, there's nothing more annoying than like an elderly person telling you that that's not punk or whatever, and they're kind of just filling the role that they were initially rebelling against sort of thing. And I don't know. I, I do think it's pretty important to, like, whether it's punk or, like, whatever, to at least try to keep up with newer music and not completely write it off or be like, I'm lost and I don't know. And I'm just going to listen to what I listened to when I was 17 for the rest of my life. Like, I just do not want to become that. I'm not saying that like, I'm not as, I'm certainly not as diligent as I used to be or like, it's, I'm not as tuned in to like what's going on, but I know a few bands and there's a few bands that are pretty exciting and like, you know, to yeah. to say like rock is dead or whatever is ridiculous. <laughs> well, I always find it funny because it's like um, a perfect example of someone at work. They really love punk, and they're telling me like how they're all into punk, and they know I'm into punk. But everything I've given them, they're like, "Oh, this isn't like old punk," and it's like, dude. You're one of those guys that are fantasizing about a, a punk scene. You're romanticizing it. Yeah. yeah, that's gone, that you were never part of. So mm. there's always a scene going on. Join the fucking scene, bro. Like, yeah, or it's not even punk anymore. It's something that we don't even know what it is or yet, or, you know. I hear that, like, uh, Rockaway Beach, is, there's a scene developing there. Uh... I've been really championing uh, Rockaway for the last few years. They've always just been, like, really nice to me. And I, I have, like, at some point decided, like, well, that's just, like, my favorite music scene. Because for, like, a number of reasons, everybody seems to know each other. There doesn't seem to ever be, like, bad blood in between groups of people. Um, it's very much, at least, like, based on AB Studios is the main place I go to go to shows or play shows and like it's very easy to just strike up a conversation with random people there and uh yeah i've played a number of times there and like sometimes i actually get paid or i'll play a show and they'll be like oh we can't wait to have you back and like these are things that maybe you take for granted or like at least i would or or, or i'm just not used to hearing it as much when i 
book shows out in Long Island because, like, you're kind of on your own a little bit. I do feel like, to a certain extent, I mean, anybody can kind of transcend anything and you can become popular, I suppose, with, a, you know, a combination of uh, hard work and luck or hard luck and work, whatever. Generally, if you're not, like, a hardcore band or a punk band or a ska band, it's kind of hard to to break out and you're kind of a little bit on your own and you're booking your own shows, which is nice, but it also basically kind of means you're just inviting your friends to a show and what whatnot. But I, but I don't know out there, there seems to just be more random people that will just go to a show for not particularly even wanting to see a band in particular, or they're, you know, just susceptible to listening to new stuff and liking it. And I've like sold more merch at those kind of shows and, I don't know. It everybody's just really cool. The uh, the main guy who books a lot of shows out there is Max Power. Max Power. Okay. Yeah, and the the last show I I played it was like on the boardwalk there, so I was facing the water, which was awesome. And uh, he was like walking around with a puppet version of himself. It was pretty funny. <laughs> Actually, that last show, um, it's funny also how like how things are remembered or represented because like I. I'm happy to say I made, like, a picture of me made the cover of, like, the Rockaway Times recently of me, like, rocking out at that show. But kind of what I remember about that show is, like, this guy was, like, heckling me pretty hard, (laughs) you know? Like, that's it was kind of, like, that's probably what I'll remember it as is, like, that show where, like, the guy was, like, yelling at me to, like, play Elvis for some reason as I was in the middle of playing music, just (laughs) yelling requests. Very strange. Um... And then, you know, if you've played shows for long enough, like I have, like, I was kind of prepared for anything, so I was just, like, just rolling with it and <laughs> trying to make jokes about it and trying to acknowledge it, but also get on with the show, you know, so. I don't know, I think that's, like, <sighs> you gotta come up with one uh, Elvis cover now. I <laughs> I busted out, like, a Buddy Holly song. Yeah, you're right. I actually have, like, one of many regrets. I don't know if you ever just, uh... You're about to go to sleep, and then you think of, like, regrets from your life, because that'll happen to me. But uh, one of them is, I remember playing a show so long ago, and this person was like, it's my birthday, can you play Spice Girls? And I was like, why would I do that? And if it were now, I would just, like, I would, I'm sure I don't know how to play any of the songs, but I would just start to play it, try to play it, just something, you know, like, I, I, I wish I could just go back and, like, be... Just ha- just chill out and just like be be more open to the environment that I'm playing in because I really really try to do that now and I like this especially in like Rockaway when I play shows I'll just like grab whatever drummer is like playing before or after me and like I know you don't know the songs but let's just play a set and see how it goes and it's it's fun because each drummer plays it a little different and it like brings the songs in like a new way and stuff and makes it exciting for me you know. So I try to like leave a specific unique stamp on each show I play at this point, I guess. Okay. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. No, that's that's a good attitude to have. I mean, for so long I was so self-conscious about anything that I've done that my ego was like just cock-blocking me. What do you think is different from um the Rockaway scene versus the Brooklyn? Uh maybe uh Brooklyn's like more clicky and reminds me more of Long Island in that like it's more clicky I, I don't know uh maybe I've just seen just the best parts of Rockaway I don't know because like so I've played at AB Studios a bunch of times they've had me on the there, there's Rockaway radio 
studio, uh, Rockaway Beach Radio, um, like an online thing that they do, and I've played a couple of those sessions. Those have always been great. Um, I, the last show I played in Rockaway, I played for like four hours <laughs> at this uh, ice cream place. Oh, shit. Um, and that was just like, yeah, just play whatever you want, you know, for four hours, as long as you don't, you know, smash any guitars or whatever, and, you know, they paid me, and, uh, I'm not used to getting paid, especially, like, some people do that, and some people make a lot of money just, um, playing, like, here I am at this, uh, whatever, not even a bar, maybe some, like, outdoor gig or restaurant or something, and, like, I'm playing three hours, and I'm playing a bunch of covers, and, like, that can be fun, you know. You can be a punk rocker and also do shows like that. Uh, you know, I, I've I've played a, a lot of times where I've played just solo doing my thing. Uh, like I remember I played once. I think at that at that one and one thing, and uh, this guy who owns a studio, he was like, "Yeah, that was like really punk rock," and I was like, "Yeah, you know, I've, okay." I mean, I I don't know if I would maybe even characterize it as that. He's like, "No." Spunk. <laughs> I'm like, okay. All right. Um, so I, I try to bring that sensibility to it. Um, I don't know. I guess it just goes back to like trying to make it fun. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm almost at this point, I'm kind of convinced that like a good performance is more like the most important factor is just like engaging the audience and like having like command and control over the audience as much as possible as opposed to like. Uh, I flubbed a few things during the set or whatever. Like, if you're, like, reading the room correctly, playing the room correctly, win people over, and that sort of thing, like, that's kind of, like, what's most important to me. That and also just trying to give people something unusual. Do you think maybe because, like, Rockaway's an emerging scene that, um, and it's not developed, so now it's not like people have their little strongholds, I guess it's also still just like yeah, like small enough, yeah, and and insular enough that um, it hasn't. Maybe maybe the problem is just everything is too segmented in Long Island and Brooklyn, and it's like small enough a scene that everyone kind of knows each other. But it's like easy enough to book a show at at those places, you know. Like I I am I'm definitely not someone who like hounds people for shows or like spams people with like i have this new album out or whatever like i'm i'm pretty pretty low-key about it honestly so the fact that i've been able to get so many shows is just like a testament to how grassrootsy it is and i literally became aware of ab studios years ago because i was just riding my bike by the i just happened to be going like down that block and um i saw that there was a show going on and i crashed the show and then turns out the guy running it is like buddies with somebody I used to play in a band with in Long Island and ever since then I don't know maybe like a year after that or something they set me up with a show or I did like the radio thing or something and been playing there pretty consistently every summer since then sometimes two or three times in one summer I've always had this like uh uncertainty about like where I belong in terms of like where I should live and stuff and I've really spent my whole life in New York. I've lived in New York my whole life. So, um, and most of that time in Long Island, 
or on Long Island. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm always struggling with like, where do I belong? And where do I realistically like want to move to for an extended period of time? And I think the first place that I actually kind of had a somewhat serious thought was like, well, what if I lived in Rockaway? It's like, it's pretty small. It's like close to somewhat close to like Brooklyn and Manhattan and it's its own thing. And like you're saying, it's like kind of up and coming, I suppose. And, you know, more and more bands are getting booked there. And, um, it's right by the beach there. It's, you know, it's pretty sweet. I can't stay. That'll be the day on my way. To the world where I can't be the same. To get up and afraid. To erase this whole day. But today, of course, nothing's better fit to do. I see the air when you're in a pool. I'm pursuing the dues and the reason. Make it start on you. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. So that I pay it. No, that as a man, I can't say this time when I leave. Hit the ground. I got a fear of missing out. What were they saying? What games are they playing? But you need a king, up the ghost land Can't stand up, I can't sit down I got a fear of missing out Good thing, that's a kind of twist Live up the block, you know me so well I don't even have to knock, you can do it Very long, but I'll sit there and talk Every minute, and she says to put my psyche in lock I'll excuse myself to go take a walk When the tons of thoughts are in the stop In the dead of night, is the right time to stop Cause you should say that I have always been a nighthawk Well I'm just waiting, I'm just waiting So good at praying, no good at your And I can't understand, but I need hit the ground I gotta feel like missing out What were they saying, what things are they playing Did you need a cane, I'm the bullshit I can't stand up, and I can't get down I gotta feel like missing out, check it out 
Chewing on the scenery from Brian Kish's Lounge Pants. Brian's also in the Tin Can Collective. He plays drums. They just dropped a new album. This is a track off of that album, Monday, Monday. Monday, Monday from the Tin Can Collective. Brian Kish is also 
joined the band Black Yoko, and they also released a new album, and this is one of the tracks off of that album. It's called Okay, Karen. All links will be in the notes. Enjoy, everyone.
What is time, right, folks? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, right, I was just guys? thinking of my time. I don't know if you saw that. I just took like a whole journey through my life. <laughs> <laughs> that that entire aside actually just took twenty minutes. We just edited it down for this finished version that you're listening to now. But we just sat through twenty minutes of silence. It was so awkward. <laughs> <laughs>